Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football right at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates, stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise now. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. State IPA is available now at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get state IPA. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Now joining us here on State of State is former Penn State quarterback, the legendary Todd Blackledge, who will call Syracuse at Purdue this Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock in week three of NBC Sports' new Big Ten Saturday night package. He will be joined by Noah Eagle in the booth and Catherine Tappan on the sidelines. However, we are a Penn State podcast. He is a former Penn State quarterback. We are talking about all things Penn State here on State of State. Todd, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, how are the new digs at NBC treating you thus far? So far, it's been great. I mean, um, you know, I, I was not looking to make a move when I did. And NBC, you know, made me a great offer and uh, really courted me, you know, and and made me feel really special. And, and everything, all my dealings with them, even up till the beginning of the season and through the first two games has been outstanding. So I couldn't be happier. Uh, it's a great company. Um, and I'm really enjoying, you know, the start to this season. Outstanding. Well, obviously, uh, unfortunately, you're not calling the Penn State game this weekend. We, of course, are focusing yeah. on Penn State at Illinois, Penn State's first road uh, game. What have you thought of what Penn State has done thus far in 2023? Well, I got to see him up close and personal in week one, and I was very impressed. You know, I mean, I knew um, I knew what their strengths were coming into the year, and, and that was, you know, put on display again in week one. Uh, two outstanding running backs that are only going to get better because they were so young. An offensive line that, uh, you know, I think is very solid. Defense that's deep and fast, uh, even though they lost – 
you know, two guys out of the secondary to the, you know, to the draft, I still think the secondary is outstanding. Um, and so the, the question marks really for me going into this first game and the start of this season was, uh, you know, the play of the quarterback, Drew Aller, and, and what, you know, how quickly he would come along. And I think on defense, the only area that is a little not concerning, but, but not as strong as the other parts is maybe just the interior of the defense. They're not as big as some other people, uh, you know, that they might face. And, and I think in particular, when you think about dealing with a running game like Michigan, you know, that that maybe is an area that needs to get, you know, stronger. So, but I was impressed. Uh, I thought they played extremely well. I thought Drew Aller was great in week one, didn't have to do much in week two. And now we'll see him in his first road game, um, you know, uh, in, in that kind of an environment. And so, you know, Illinois, I expected to be better than they've shown so far this year. I still think uh, Penn State will probably see the best version of Illinois and the Illinois defense uh, this week on the road. I just want to transition a little bit. I mean, in the new age of college sports, we see the NIL transfer pool and all those different things. But there's a, a, a unique opportunity. Yourself as former player transitioning into broadcasting. Can you give any insight on players that are operating now where they're trying to get uh, exposure or different things of that nature, or even just transitioning into broadcasting, how can they leverage some NIL opportunities to get some yeah. base level experience to maybe make that transition like yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's great opportunities, uh, you know, to try to do stuff even now while they're playing. I mean, obviously when you're a college athlete, you still have to balance going to school practice and all the demands, but if you can find other, other ways to get involved, I'll, I'll give you two examples. Um, First game we did Penn State, West Virginia. I went to West Virginia on Wednesday and I got a tour of their football facility, a beautiful facility that was finished in 2021. And in their football building, like right across the hall from a barber shop, they have a studio for any players that want to do a podcast or release an album or do whatever right there in the football building. And then we did Maryland last week and three of Maryland's players three defensive players are involved. They have a podcast and they've done really well. Uh, and so I think anytime you can, you know, find some creative thing to do uh, in the media or media related like that while you're still playing, I think it's a, it's a great way to, you know, begin to build your resume now with the idea of maybe transitioning later. Those are great points. And jumping back into the team with them being on the first road game of the season and Drew Aller showing some nice promise. What do you think are the steps that he needs to continue to make for this team to be ready to play into the playoffs or deep uh, into meaningful games into the season? Just needs to keep playing within himself. You know, I think he's done a great job of that so far. He's done the right things. He's said the right things. And he knows, you know, I mean, they've got a really solid running game. And I can speak to that as a quarterback. The best friend for any quarterback is a good running game, you know, because it sets up so much of other things and makes for easy throws if you can run the football. So uh, continue to play within himself and don't change any of that being on the road. And, you know, I think what James and, and the coaching staff did with him last year was brilliant in terms of playing him in so many games and playing him on the road. You know, he played in the opener at Purdue last year. He played at Michigan. So he, so when he goes out there as the starting quarterback Saturday, it won't be like the first time he's been on an opponent's field uh, and played. So I, I think that was really helpful and valuable for him, but he just needs to keep doing what he's doing right now. And, and again, expecting, you know, maybe a sterner test, 
from a Big Ten opponent, from a good, solid team that's been really good on defense um, in their house. And, and, and then, you know, again, not to look ahead, but the following week, one of the best defenses, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country. So, you know, it will get more and more difficult and challenging for him, and he just needs to keep growing on the pace that he's on right now. Todd, you talked about looking ahead and not to skip past that Iowa game because I do think that is going to be an excellent test for Penn State in September. To me, it seems like two of the biggest storylines in the Big Ten this year are Penn State quarterback Drew Aller and Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord. To me, it feels like a race to October 21st at the Horseshoe in Columbus to see which quarterback has progressed more, and maybe that's the edge for whichever team that Saturday. Do you agree with that? Well, I think certainly, uh, you know, when you when you think of Penn State and are they, you know, be capable of taking that next step? Um, those are the two roadblocks, right? Those are the two teams, Ohio State and Michigan. And, and you, you don't I don't think you have to beat them both. You have to figure out a way to beat one of them, I think, you know, and then obviously win your other games. Um, but I don't think you can get too far ahead of things, you know, and, and it's, it's just too hard to do winning games in the Big Ten, winning games on the road is hard in college football. So you just can't afford to go beyond where they are right now, which is to try to win a game in Champaign, Illinois. Um, you know, I think it's interesting because you look at those three teams in the East, the advantage Michigan has is that J.J. McCarthy has a whole season under his belt. You were, of course, a part of the 1982 national title team. Another national title was collected in 1986. So it's been quite some time since Penn State was in that conversation or even sniffing a national championship. This is the first time in a long time that Penn State fans really feel like it's plausible. Can you remember the last time that there was this much hype around the team? And do you believe the hype is real? Well, I don't remember when the last time there might have been this much. Maybe teen. I'm thinking that that was, you know, around the time frame. But I do think the hype is real, uh, and and I think it's warranted. I think that they have, you know, they have built the team and the roster. I think this is the best team that James has had since he's been there in his ten years. I think they have more depth in offensive line. I think they have more depth on defense. And uh, again, a lot of it just depends on the development of the quarterback and maybe a couple other receivers beyond Keandre Lambert Smith emerging, uh, you know, in the passing game. But, but I think all the pieces are there. Uh, and when I look at their roster, you know, I think comparing that roster to Ohio state's roster and, and Michigan's roster, I think that they are comparable. I think that they have a similar uh, makeup and death wise and, and, you know, for them to think about, okay, this could be the year to take the next step I think is warranted. Yeah, it's, and it's funny you talked about the roster roster construction and the conference realignment with the Big Ten. Now we have the UCLA, USC coming over. How do you feel Penn State historically has been a, a regional recruiting type of space until James came, kind of got a little bit more national? And you've seen just the different teams from broadcasting and that nature uh, throughout the country. How do you feel like the roster construction is going to continue to move forward with the realignment of the conferences? Do you think Penn State has to now kind of go more of a national coast-to-coast type of uh, recruiting phrase of building up the roster, or do you think it's still maintaining in that regional area? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they have to do that, but I think what that does is it opens up the West Coast, you know, and maybe in more of a way than it's ever been before. I mean, if you have, you know, those two L.A. schools in the same conference – um, 
you know, it opens up a, a another recruiting market, another recruiting area uh, for Big Ten players. You know, so, uh, you know, I think it opens up for Penn State. I think Ohio State, Michigan, I think everybody will, you know, will find their way to California and yet still maintain where they're strongest at recruiting, where they've drawn the most, uh, you know, most of their roster to this point. But it just opens up a whole new area by adding those West Coast teams. I completely agree. And even to continue to go along that, it's just the style of play that they bring on to the team. When we talk about Penn State having a strong running game in the age of the quarterbacks and spread offenses, with that being said, at one point, the Big Ten was always known as the conference of three yards in a cloud of dust. And now we're bringing in the Pac-12 as a high-passing type of offense. How do you think just the identity of Big Ten teams now just expanding the conference does that change? Like, does it continue to try to be like a run-based mm-hmm. offense or defense or like sticking to their laurels or is it like, you know, built yeah. into win the championships? It's going to be really interesting because, you know, this past year, the Big Ten had several highly ranked defensive football teams, okay? Um, and statistics sometimes can be deceiving because they had great numbers, but I think a lot of those numbers were due to the fact that the offenses in the league weren't very good. I mean, there were only a handful of good offenses, you know, and everybody else was very average. And so the defensive numbers were kind of inflated. And then when you saw at the end of the year, like when Michigan played Ohio state or when Ohio state played Georgia, Michigan played TCU, those numbers kind of went out the window. Right. Um, Well, you have these four schools coming from the PAC 12 that all have great offensive numbers and bad defensive numbers. So it's going to be an interesting mix when they all come together in the league. I think, you know, it's going to force, you know, the offenses are not only explosive with those four schools, but they're creative and they're different maybe looking than what Big Ten teams are used to seeing on a weekly basis. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see that blend. But you ultimately to play in the big 10 and be successful in the big 10, you still have to be able to run the football and defend the run, particularly as you get into the month of November in some of the areas where these games are played, you know, and that'll be the big challenge and the big difference for those West coast teams. You know, it'd be one thing playing a home game in LA in November and playing a game in Madison, Wisconsin or state college or Ann Arbor in November. Right. So, um, so it's a little it's a little more uh, emphasis on running and stopping the run when weather becomes a factor like it will in the Big Ten. Todd, before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, Taste of the Town. I have <laughs> your book. It's literally one of my favorite things about college football. It's been an inspiration, uh, and it's also been fabulous for wonderful places to eat. Obviously, you're covering Syracuse at Purdue this weekend mm-hmm. for NBC and Peacock. Are there places in West Lafayette that you're like, I got to go there when I get to Purdue? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm not doing the segment anymore. I, I let it rest. Uh, you know, when I left ESPN, we did it for 10 years. And uh, I am actually excited to go back to West Lafayette and visit a place that I featured. I think it was the only place I ever featured uh, from a Purdue game. But it was called, uh, it's called Triple X. I mean, the, the name could be deceiving, but it's a homemade root beer stand. Uh, and it's a pretty iconic place, and they have a bunch of burgers and sandwiches named after famous Purdue athletes, and they have one. I can't even remember what player it was named after, but it was it's a hamburger with peanut butter on the bread, and I mean, when I first heard that, I was like, I, I can't go there. I'm not a, you know, but I tried it, and I mean, I'm a believer now, so I'm going to go back and see if, uh, if they're still serving that up, uh, but it was a fun place to do several years ago, and 
So I'll make sure and make a return visit. Oh, beautiful. Well, listen, best of luck to you this weekend on the call. Uh, for any Penn Staters that happen to maybe be in the area and see Todd, check out Triple X. Uh, I hope to see <laughs> Taste of the Town back. I understand the change in networks. I personally loved it. But, Todd, thank you so much for your time uh, and enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good being with you. Take thanks, care. Sir. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.